What's up, everybody? This is Word of a Rebel, and today we're going to be talking about the Me Too movement and my very unpopular opinion. And it has been unpopular for a while, but I, I think that more people now are seeing where I was coming from about the Me Too movement. So right at the gate, you know, hashtag Me Too was a positive opportunity to just speak on um, sexual assault, right, and sexual abuse, to get those stories out there, to show that it is a widespread issue, right? And of course, initially, everybody's saying, well, if we're starting this conversation, maybe this will lead toward legislation and improve practices in the court system. But the Me Too movement was started in a, with a celebrity situation. This is why it's different from other movements that have focused on social justice issues. Most social justice issues begin within the, you know, a, a community that doesn't have celebrity. It begins on the streets, in, in your everyday family home, your everyday school. Like, that's a typical social issue. Hashtag Me Too didn't start that way. It started in the celebrity world. And while initially it looked like um, it was only going to really just, you know, it was going to bring attention, the focus was going to be, let's make some change, let's get justice, it very quickly derailed. Now, the first person who actually um, started the, you know, the hashtag Me Too, really started pushing for it, really legitimately wanted to out someone because there was a serious need. As we know, in, in Los Angeles, there's been a long-standing uh, issue with um, mostly white men uh, in positions of power utilizing that platform to manipulate and control the bodies of others, um, not just controlling like what they do um, on a film, but controlling them sexually, manipulating them for the benefit of um, that person in the power position, right? And we knew this to be true. This is like a long-standing thing. It's the reason why a lot of women getting into a power position, we deal with having to hear someone say, uh, well, who does she sleep with to get there, right? If you got too much, regardless of your work.
I apologize for that slow uh, or subtle break that just happened right there, that intrusion. Um, there was a phone call coming through, and as you guys know, I'm actually usually recording from uh, my my hands-free device um, while driving, and so a call was coming through. Um, so I wanted to end the recording so that I could, you know, um, you know, handle the phone call situation. Uh, but back to the topic at hand, like I mentioned, a lot of women who uh, come into success um, of, a, of, of a certain level typically you know not I'm not gonna say all the time but like it's a common statement that we hear okay who does she sleep with you know who's she dating um as if you know because it comes from that that idea and that ideology came from a time when women were not empowered at all and so the idea was well okay if she's got a position of power then surely she must have done something um to give favors to someone in order to receive that advantage because that you know it seemed like, you know, a long time ago, oh, that's that's the way most women get ahead. And But sadly, in, in the world of entertainment, that was something that was common knowledge, commonplace, you know. Um, now, there were certainly some women who made a name for themselves without having to put themselves into a position to be manipulated um, sexually, you know, obviously. Um, and those women created those power places for themselves within entertainment by making themselves into a brand and and making sure that they were marketable and in the same way that a man was marketable because let's be honest like it really became commonplace for a woman to believe that she had to sleep with somebody in order to get ahead because the power in entertainment historically has been placed in the hands of men predominantly white men so this has been a long-standing trend. It had basically become accepted. Let's be honest, right? Um, so that's where the Me Too movement originated. And so a lot of people were hoping that the Me Too movement was going to transcend into uh, affecting legislation and justice uh, as it pertains to everyday people. Like, you know, your regular everyday person living out here. Um should get justice right and so but that's not what the me too movement started out like and so you know we may have hoped that it would transcend in such a way but it did not it remained focused on the celebrity world it remained focused on calling out celebrity men and let's be honest at a certain point there were more cases of women who simply dated a celebrity or had a, a, a sexual encounter and then later on regretted it having a problem with it and I want to mention Aziz Ansari in one of these situations um, because uh, someone accused Aziz Ansari of, of sexual misconduct and when she told her story and, and you know she said everything that happened it became very obvious that she went out on a date with him and they started kissing and touching on each other which she fully consented with made no problems with that right and he um he obviously wanted to have sex and so he started uh touching her in a more sexual way than just simply kissing and touching you know beforehand she decided she didn't want to and so he stopped and he did not continue forward so they're still in the uh in in the apartment they're still you know talking they start kissing and touching again and things start to get more sexual again and then again she stops and he again respectfully listens to her and does not go forward so he did what he was supposed to do ladies and gentlemen but she literally took advantage of the me too um movement 
to get attention. And this is where I get angry because everybody's like, how dare you doubt victims? How dare you doubt victims? No, we're not doubting victims. Like the majority of the time when somebody says, I'm not listening to the Me Too movement, it has nothing to do with legitimate actual victims of sexual assault. It has to do with these dumbasses who are distracting from actual victims. Because I'm sorry, your regretted sexual encounter, like you, you regretted that shit? Okay, whatever. He could... He listened respectfully to you whenever you said you did not want to go forward. You're distracting from the point. And this is the reason why Me Too did not go forward beyond the celebrity world. It's because it got hijacked by attention seekers. And I personally feel like the reason that it got hijacked by attention seekers is because this movement, like I said, it originated in the celebrity world. This did not originate in the same way that Black Lives Matter originated or any other social justice movement. It didn't originate in that way, right? The battle for the living wage, the fight for 15, that originated on the streets, in real lives, you feel me? So there's a big difference between how Me Too originated from these other social justice movements. And so I'm not surprised of the route that it took. I hoped that it wouldn't take that route, but I'm not surprised. So when I'm out here saying, look, I don't support the Me Too movement, it's not about sexual assault survivors not being supported no it's about how this movement was derailed and hijacked it is not benefiting your everyday person and i'm going to give you some evidence of that right now there was a 15 year old i want to say she was in chicago and she was raped by two or three uh men she's not getting justice her attackers are still walking free a more recent uh incident was reported in indiana it was at uh, a university there where uh, the, there are two women who were raped um, in two different years. I think one was in 2013, one was in 2016. They don't know each other. Both of them came forward and said, look, I was raped. The person who was raped in 2013 um, did not see her attacker. So she couldn't identify the person. But the attacker left behind DNA evidence. So she um, agreed to participate in an investigation. She filed a police report. The DNA evidence was collected and saved, okay? The idea is, of course, that hopefully the person will be found out by DNA at some point in the future, right? Fast forward three years, sadly, the same person who attacked her reoffended, attacked somebody else, right? Um, the woman in 2016 um, knew who it was, and there was video security footage showing that he was the attacker, and so she, she knew who her accuser was, so she accused him, right? Investigation is going forward. Um, she has signs of, of physical struggle. Um, and everything is, everything is being corroborated by evidence, right? Um, ends up being that his DNA matches with the woman in 2013 situation, the attacker did. So it becomes evident that this is the same assailant. So not only did he rape somebody, he re-offended, which means, ladies and gentlemen, obviously he's going to probably do it again, unless he stopped, right? That's what we would all assume. Okay, this man is not receiving any jail time, not a damn thing. He went to jail like for one day after being initially arrested. His charge now, he didn't get charged with rape now, Even, despite evidence, y'all, like clear blatant evidence he didn't get charged with rape 
He got charged with some kind of a misdemeanor. He did a plea deal for that. Why in the hell was this man offered a plea deal? He had, he was caught on video and by DNA evidence tying him to both of these women. But he was offered a plea deal? That was a slam and shut case. District attorney's dream, right? You got nothing but evidence. Everything there for you. And this is a person who re-offended. So he is a danger to society. He's proven himself to be a danger to society. But because there's still no justice for your average everyday person, right? As far as Me Too is concerned, this man is going to have one year of probation and he's free to walk about the world continuing to reoffend anytime he pleases. Now, people are going to say what they want to say about what I'm, you know, you will have your opinions. All right. This is a white man. I'm pretty sure the majority of people listening are not surprised that the person who received probation is a white man. So when it comes to things like Black Lives Matter, this is why Black Lives Matter is a major concern because in the United States of America, and I'm pretty sure some other countries as well, but I'm focusing on the experience that I'm most familiar with, a black man can be picked up simply for fitting the description, can be arrested, can be tried and convicted, and sentenced to a prison sentence without evidence. This happens a lot in the United States. This is real shit. If you go pick, go just go pick 10 random cases out of any docket, right? Look at how this person was charged. Nine out of 10, the person took a plea deal and there was no physical evidence majority of the time. That's reality. 90 to 95% of convictions in most United States courts are based on plea deals. And the majority of those cases that took plea deals did not have enough physical evidence to convict. They needed the, they needed the person to plead guilty in order to convict. That is the reality. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is the reason why we have an inequity in sentencing, where we have black men charged for crimes and put into jail for things they did not do. And we have white men who are out there raping and molesting people and getting away with it. So if you don't believe me, you can, of course, look up the research that was completed by the Department of Justice, federal institution. Um, they did research just to kind of determine what um, the level of this issue is as it pertains to plea deals. Um, they completed this particular research on January 24th, 2011, the one that I'm reading right now. It is called Plea and Charge Bargaining. Um, if you want to look it up as a Google search, it was completed by the U.S. Department of Justice. And what they found is that, uh, I'm going to read exactly from the document, plea bargaining is a defining, if not the defining feature of the federal criminal justice system. This was a quote from Brown and Bunnell's research uh, in 2006. Complete, continuing from there, the 2011 article goes on. In plea bargaining, a defendant is faced with a charge of arraignment, at arraignment. Typically, this is the maximum charge or punishment that the defendant will be held to if he or she goes to trial. The prosecutors will present the defendant with an opportunity to plead guilty to a lesser charge or to the original charge with less than the maximum sentence. In theory, the charge presented limits the penalties faced if the defendant decides to go to trial. 
while being found innocent or being acquitted is, of course, the best way for defendants to avoid jail time and other penalties, going to trial is perceived as risky because it is impossible to predict what a jury will decide. As a result, many defendants enter pleas. Did you hear that? Because there is so such a lack of certainty about how juries will decide, whether or not there is evidence, people are being sentenced for crimes, sentenced to prison and jail time for crimes that they did not commit. And the, you know, this federal agency is, is, is basically is, is explaining this in 2011. This is eight years ago, y'all. It ain't nothing changed. Okay. And this is the reason why we have an overburdened court system that is locking up innocent people. And we have rapists and sexual abusers being set free because they're not being fully charged, especially if they're a white man, they're not being fully charged for what they're supposed to. And the court system is so concerned about forcing these plea deals on people who are innocent. Now look at the summary findings. I'm looking, still looking at um, the same document. These are the summary findings I'm gonna read to you. The overwhelming majority, 90 to 95% of cases result in plea bargaining. Prosecutorial discretion in plea bargaining is known to cause discrepancies in sentencing outcomes. Those who go to trial rather than accept a plea are more likely to receive harsher sentences, regardless of whether they're innocent or not. Okay, I'm adding that part. That last part was me. You feel me? All right, continuing to read from the document. Legal variables, including the seriousness of the current offense and prior record, are important factors in determining, determining whether a charge will be reduced and by how much. Now, here's the issue. Who do you think is more likely to have a prior record? Someone who is already being discriminated against and has already been snatched off the street for a, for a fitting a description. Okay, going back to the document. The majority of research on race and sentencing outcomes shows that blacks are less likely than whites to receive reduced pleas. Okay, do you feel me? Now look at the example that I gave earlier about the man convicted with video and DNA. This white man is going to walk free with one year of probation after having hardcore physical evidence proving that he was guilty. But still, he's going to receive less jail time than a black man who has no physical evidence tying him to any crime. Okay? Now I'm going to go back to the document again. Evidence concerning gender and age in this research has been inconclusive. So there's no difference in, like, gender is not affecting sentencing, age is not affecting sentencing, but white versus black racial discrimination was conclusive. That's what they have found. OK, so I'm presenting this information because there are a lot of bigoted people and they're going to say that they're not bigoted. But if you don't recognize that this is an issue, if if hearing black and brown people speak out and say this is a major issue, isn't enough for you to even look into it. You have to say maybe maybe you're a little bigoted and just be honest with yourself because it's just about being honest and getting past this because. There's a lot of people who are still under the influence of racism without even realizing it. 
still under the influence of gender discrimination. And we have to admit to that. We have to confess to that. <clears throat> and we have to demand that change is had. Because right now, what we're looking at is 90 to 95% of court cases that public defenders are having to, um, to work on are going to plea deals. So look at all of this time that they're spending, right? The courts are spending 90% of their time on cases that don't even have enough evidence to convict. So what ends up happening is all of these other cases where there is real evidence, what is really happening with the situation? So you want to talk about Me Too is supposed to be out here fighting for you know, justice when it comes to um, sexual abuse and rape. Where are these celebrities at? You hear people like me talking about this issue, about the sentencing inequity, about how we have rapists walking this, these streets, especially if they're a white man. Especially, you know, they could have they could have abused and molested a child. They could have raped multiple people. It's irrelevant. They out here walking the street, and the and this federal agency is telling y'all the truth. And I'm just trying to speak to people because whether I don't care which way you feel about it, you can look up the research yourself. I just read it to you. All right, the U.S. Department of Justice very clearly in 2011, and there's other research findings as well. I just chose this one because, once again, this is eight years ago, so it's just to show, you know what I'm saying, like, nothing has changed. Black Lives Matter is out here showing you Trayvon Martins, Mike Browns, John Crawfords, and these are the extreme cases. These are the ones who end up getting killed. The majority of the black men and women who end up dealing with police just end up getting arrested and going to jail. So either way, you're losing your life. You're losing it to a jail cell or you're losing it to a bullet, right? But we want to act like this is a justice system. This is not a justice system. This is an injustice system because the bodies of women and children are not respected whenever it comes to their assailant going to trial, especially if it's a white man. And then the bodies of black and brown people, whether male or female, regardless of age, are not respected because a police officer can snatch you up arrest you, put you into the courthouse, and guess what? You're going to end up being among that 90 to 95% that's probably going to take a plea deal because you're scared to face a jury because juries very often discriminate. That's the reality. So I put this information out there for y'all. I do not support the Me Too movement because that movement is not really doing anything to bring justice. I'm supporting the fight for justice. I don't. We don't need a tagline on this, y'all. We just need to support the, the Innocence Project, as well as many, many other, you know, Black Lives Matter. Um, we need a fight against um, the, the discrimination against people of Latin descent. We need to fight against that because that is what is d desperately hurting people. We need a fight for justice because these victims out here are, are living a life knowing that the person who attacked them or hurt them or abused them is free while they still have to deal with the consequences of the emotional turmoil of that trauma. And it has to be fixed. We've got people who've survived rape, survived sexual abuse, who need and deserve justice and assistance. We've got black and brown people across this entire nation who daily live under the realization that regardless of economics, regardless of age, regardless of gender, your rights can be taken from you. And you can say what you want. I recognize, yeah, the civil rights movement took place. That's wonderful, honey. All these amendments. Those are pieces of paper. It's very great that they exist. 
because that gives us a legal standing to fight on. Absolutely. But the 14th Amendment is not being abided by. The 14th Amendment says every person living within this nation is to be treated fairly and equally under the law. That every law in the United States of America, according to the 14th Amendment, is supposed to apply equally to all persons living under this nation. And yet we see very clearly by research that is not the case. So it's wonderful that something like the 14th Amendment was written at some point in our history. It's wonderful that the Voting Rights Act and all of these other initiatives were signed and put into place in the 1960s, 70s, and 80s. That is great. But they're not being put into action in the way that they should be. And that's where the fight is right now. And we have to be honest about it. Just because we see that you know more people have higher income than before, just because we see that, oh, well now more people can vote, that does not mean that the laws are being applied in the way they're supposed to be. And that's where the battle is. And it's okay to admit that we still have work to do. Once again, this has been Word of a Rebel, so I appreciate you guys listening in and following as I presented this evidence. I hope that you will listen to it again, piece the story together, tell it to someone else. If you feel like you don't want to, you know, you can't tell it or you don't want to tell it yourself, you can share this episode with anybody. I will be happy to have this heard by any and everybody, regardless of what side of the political spectrum they fall upon. I don't care if you Democrat, Republican, Green Party, whatever you are, I don't give a shit. I don't care if you white, brown, purple, orange, black, yellow, green, a mixture of any of these, I do not care. We all have to face this because we're all living inside of a society where criminals walk free because the court system is not being amended because too many people are, want to believe the fantasy fairy tale that the court system is just lovely and that the civil rights movement fixed all things. That is a fairy tale. Grow the fuck up. I mildly censored myself. Y'all should appreciate me for that because sometimes I don't censor myself because this is something that is really affecting lives. And I know people personally who have been drastically affected by this injustice. I know rape survivors. I know people who have been sexually abused. I know people who have been wrongly incarcerated. I know people who have been abused by police officers. I myself had a police officer pull a gun on me during a traffic stop for no reason. Dude gonna tell me after the fact, after he calmed his ass down, that he pulled me over for a headlight? Being out? My boy, what? My whole thing is if you that scared, stay in your unit and tell me to get out the vehicle and go to the back of the, of the vehicle so you can see that I don't have anything on me. What kind of BS is that? You walking up to a, to a vehicle, you're obviously terrified for what I don't even know. And you walking up with a gun. If you're that scared, stay in your vehicle, sir. Seriously. And this is the kind of thing that happens all the time, predominantly to black men, but also to black and brown men and women. You know, this is a reality. And we have to have this fixed. Whatever it takes has got to be fixed. We can't keep living in this fairy tale. The court system is flawed and it needs to be modified because we wonder why we still continue to have crime. It's because the court system is not actually convicting criminals. And it's not rehabilitating anybody, that's for sure. You got potentially, based on the statistics, you got about 10% of the prison population that actually was convicted with evidence. That means 90% of the crime? is not actually leading to a criminal actually being punished for it. How in the hell is that effective? The only reason why crime has gone down 
is because people's economic situations have been improving slowly but surely. That's it. That's it. We have to fix this. We cannot keep living under a fairy tale. So once again, this has been Word of a Rebel. Please hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, at Word of a Rebel. Let me know your personal testimonies, what are experiences that you have had. If you don't agree with me, hit me up and tell me why. I just want to hear from you. Why? Why do you disagree with me? If you do agree with me and you want to do something positive or find a way that you can maybe have impact, there's small ways and large ways to do that. Please hit me up. I'm more than happy to share resources with anybody who asks, whether you agree with me or not. Once again, this is Word of a Rebel. Peace.